are so many different ideas about good health. How do you separate the myths from the facts? Welcome to Healthy View Radio with your trio of co-hosts, Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fennighaus. Today, you'll learn what it takes to be healthy and happy within a stressful world from three experts walking their talk. Here is Lisa, Andrea, and Michelle. Hello, all you lovely listeners. Welcome to another episode of our top-rated show, Healthy View Radio. I'm Lisa Lutan, and I'm here today with my two sparky co-hosts, Michelle Benninghouse and Andrea Beeman. Sparky. Sparky. (laughs) Yes. Our topic today is keeping the spark alive in your relationship. And we'll be having a sexpert on the show today a little later, Joan Price, to talk about the steamy stuff. So you're not going to want to miss this one. Speaking of steamy stuff, last week in my Mindful Living groups, the topic was sex. And it was so incredible creating this safe space to talk about everything that women talk about, everything from lack of interest to discomfort to boredom. And there's so much to talk about, but most of us don't have people in our lives other than our partner that we talk about this stuff with, right? At least that was a sense I got you know, from speaking to the women in these groups. I mean, let's face it, talking about sex can be embarrassing. It's private. But these common, these issues are so common, especially when you get older, like me in my 50s. Oh, my God, everybody's talking about the same stuff. So, of course, keeping the spark alive in your relationship isn't always just about sex, right? So I thought we could start by having a chat about how we keep the spark alive in our relationships. And those of you who are watching on Facebook or listening, please call in and share your ideas because we love to hear them and share them as well. Ready? Well, I think it's really funny that we go from not having anyone to talk about our sex lives to, to hey, let's do it on live radio and call in. <laughs> well, that's mean, why we're, we're taking it slow. We're starting with keeping it sparky and we'll move into the sex. So I know some of you, this is really super difficult. So we're just going to take some baby steps. Like, for example, do you guys have a date night that you go on with your, your partner? Uh, yes. Uh, even though Pablo and I don't have kids, you know, because I know that when people have kids, they have to like make date nights and all that stuff. But we actually do have a date night, even though we do not have children. So we'll go to the movies, we'll go out to dinner, you know, we'll go to sometimes like just a fun little place. Uh, we also have date days. Ooh. Yeah, like during the day, we'll have a date, you know, a hiking date, but then we come home and there's no sparking that's going to happen after a hike, you know, six miles up a mountain. <laughs> it's like, it's like a bath together, which can be nice. In your New York City apartment, you got a bathtub big enough for both of you. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. When we moved into this house, uh, we died laughing because we have a hot tub in our bedroom. It's like those resorts in the Poconos. You know, you go to the Poconos Resort and there's that big champagne glass hot tub. Well, ours isn't shaped like a champagne glass, but (laughs) we got a big old tub in the corner of the room. It's very 80s. Oh my God. We have a date today, later going to the global entry office to get global entry stamps on our passports. So that's our exciting date today. But the truth is that just taking off an hour or two and doing anything with my husband, it just becomes fun. Like I could go do it alone and it's like, or we do it together and then we go out to dinner and it's a fun thing. 
And so I don't have kids at home anymore, but we still need to force ourselves to do date night. Otherwise, we're just in front of the TV watching This Is Us or Grey's Anatomy or, you know, the 50 other shows that we're obsessed with right now, because that is kind of my favorite go-to thing right now. And I have to be dragged out. So it's <laughs> all of us. Very good show. Let's, let's just put that out there. This is a very good show. We all love it. But Wait, which one? Which show is it? This is us. This is us. Oh, all right. Really Pablo good. and I don't actually have a television, so maybe that's a good thing. <gasps> oh, my God. It's revitalized our relationship. It's something we both love to do together is watch Netflix. And I was never a big TV watcher, but I love it. We cuddle up on the couch, and it's so fun. Like, I just really look forward to it. And then we talk about it. It's just a blast. Well, the cuddle time is very important. You know, TV, no TV. Sometimes we face this way, it's the TV. Sometimes we face that way, it's the fireplace. But either way, <laughs> it's cuddle time while after the kids are in bed. And that's important. Like you were saying, Andrea, you don't have kids, but when we want to do a date night or a date minute, we need to hire a babysitter. And let me tell you, what, yeah. <laughs> babysitter, sometimes the babysitter has to cancel or like when our power went out recently, when we lost power for a week during that storm, we had to cancel a date night. It's like the worst thing ever because you plan them out like a month in advance. <laughs> I remember oh, those days where it was like $100 to go to the movies because yes. you get a babysitter, you know, and it's like, it better be a good movie. Because you know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The, the time you do what you're going to do and you pay the sitter, it's, it's, that's why it's only once a month. Yeah. Oh, that's that. funny. Hey, do you girls, and I know Michelle probably won't remember this far back. Maybe she wasn't even born. But do you remember Dr. Ruth Westheimer? I was on her show. What? <laughs> yes, no and way. Then I met I her. remember Dr. Ruth. Oh, my God. And I, I met her just like two years ago. She's is still she, around. Yeah, she's still around. I think she just wrote another book. Is she still as vivacious as oh she was? Oh, my God. Amazing. I saw her speak at an event, and she was incredible. When I was a teenager, I used to tune in every single week to hear her talk. This is Dr. Ruth Westheimer. <laughs> and she would talk about sex because nobody was talking about it. Oh, my God. So when I was living in New York City, I was at NYU at the time, and there was all these people standing around. And I go, what's going on? What's going on? And they said they're paying students a dollar to ask a question about sex. And they're going to be on Dr. Ruth Westheimer's show. And I'm like, okay. And so, <laughs> you know, this was like the 80s. And I was like, can you get herpes from a toilet seat? <laughs> <And> <laughs> Is that what you seriously I asked it and I never saw it, but apparently all my friends' parents saw it like again and again and again. And uh, it was kind of embarrassing at the time because, you know, I was just like, oh my God, like I've never even seen it, but it's out there. But that's she funny. was the Yeah. And that's a great question, by the way. Thank you. Yes. I, I don't think it's an embarrassing question because, you know, if somebody does have an open sore on their buttocks, right, you know that that's a problem. You know, I still do not. I'm 50 years old. I still squat in a public bathroom because of that. Me too. <laughs> that was a thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, totally. I used to argue with my husband about this all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of gross. The thought you didn't know about this? No, no, I didn't You're know too about young. this. You're too young. It was like a thing. <laughs> I mean, my grandmother used to make me put the toilet paper all over the seat, but she didn't tell me why. Yes, why? That's gross. Well, it's you know, it's we need to know this stuff, right? Because if you want to have a good, happy, healthy sex life, you don't want to have blisters popping up in the middle of anything, right? Yeah. No, oh no, no, God. no. 
You guys, yeah. when I was growing up, you know, you bring up this question you asked when you were younger. And I think it's so interesting like where we were at, what we knew, what we didn't know, what people were talking about, what they weren't talking about. I grew up Roman Catholic, went to a Catholic high school, Catholic parents. I mean, if I told you the conversations that we had around things like homosexuality, abortion, I mean, there were very, very few of these conversations. And the ones that were had were, as I'm sure you can imagine, extremely negative. It was definitely not an open sharing environment to talk about healthy sexuality. How did you guys grow up? Oh my God. So my mother was actually quite um, liberal and open and, but she would say, so Lisa, do you have any questions about sex? And I would say, nope. And that was it. (laughs) (laughs) And that that literally was it. And so I had the opportunity, but I was too embarrassed to ask. And then eventually I found their copy of the joy of sex, you know, hidden in the closet. Oh, that's funny. I learned a lot through that. I grew up both Catholic and Jewish. My mother was Jewish and my father was Catholic. Uh, So we had both religions, which was a lot of fun because it kept me open to all religions of the world. But both of those religions, um, there was, it was mom about sex, you know, like, especially the Catholic was extremely, Mm. I mean, so much in fact that the mother of Jesus Christ was a virgin. (laughs) Right, (laughs) you know the virgin mary which by the way come on so you know you have this this running theme that sex is actually a bad thing and you're not going to create the you know the the son of god you're not going to create this you know godly creature on the planet if you have sex so that's ingrained in in religion so we, we didn't talk about sex in the house i like i said i would turn on the radio every week and i would listen to dr ruth westheimer um i, I don't think i ever had a conversation about sex with my mom or definitely not my dad <laughs> you know it just didn't happen no you no. know what? i learned a lot on um do you guys remember sally jesse raphael with those yes. glasses yes yes beyond after school when i got home from school i learned a lot of interesting stuff on that program Oh, I don't even remember what she talked about, but I used to talk to about my kids about sex from the time they were like three years old. I was like, I'm not waiting until they're teenagers. We're talking now. And it was amazing. We just had this like running dialogue all the time. So I never had to have the sex talk and they were always so open and it just made it so easy when they became teenagers to just have these really natural conversations about sex. So um, it's, it's kind of cool actually, because I didn't definitely didn't grow up like that. Well, I got questions about that. I mean, how do you talk to your, I have a four-year-old and you're just about to turn four. I have a seven-year-old and I don't know what to say to them. I don't want to withhold talking about it, but like my seven-year-old will say like, well, mommy, what does a vagina look like? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm a hold. I'm going to look like everything, you know? <laughs> you know? It looks like a flower. What are you talking about? It's a beautiful flower. <laughs> I don't know what to say to this. I'm like, quick, get a book. I don't know. So honestly, my older child was very, um, didn't ask a lot of questions, but my second child asked a ton of questions and he was just really fascinated by how things worked. So the, the first one would like kind of listen in and I would explain it very matter of factly how things work, you know, understanding, explaining that there is some emotional component. And then once they realized they could ask these questions without 
it being embarrassing or judgment. It just started this dialogue and he would be the voice and she'd be like, hmm, hmm, hmm. And then eventually she broke down and was able to ask questions too. And so the three of us had these amazing, amazing conversations that my youngest was not a part of and my husband wasn't a part of. And so they missed out, but it really just became just such a natural thing. And I w- even when they got older, I would say, you know, this should gross you out because you're 10 and like <laughs> 10 year olds are talking about this at school. That's not right. That's not something 10 year olds should be doing. And this is why. And my kids would thank me because they would have the actual facts about things rather than what kids were talking about at school. Yeah. I also think that a lot of people are unfortunately getting a lot of their sex information from the popular culture. So like um, there's this, um, I mean, there's a lot of singers out there. So like uh, I'm going to put out Cardi B, right? So her pussy is like gold, right? So, you know, know, like the the rapper. hipster, Aunt Fanny. (laughs) Sometimes they're just so vulgar. And then you look into the, the world today and you see what the kids, what they're emulating, you know, and that they're getting into sex very young and doing unhealthy things about sex, right? <laughs> oh my God, face palm. <laughs> you know, so they're getting a lot of the information. Like if they don't get it at home from you, Michelle, or from Lisa, they're getting it on the streets. They're getting it from the rappers. They're getting it from whatever's, whatever's the popular culture. Well, that's exactly right. What did my son say to me the other day? He, he did, we were playing hangman and he wrote out four letters and then another word with four letters. He, Mommy, guess what it is? You know, all right, I'm, wa- I'm washing dishes. I'm trying to play hangman at the same time. So he finally tells me the answer. It's sexy lady. Ooh, wow. wow. <laughs> well then, okay. And I said, well, what? I try to keep my cool, you know? Mm-hmm. What is a sexy lady, Danny? I asked him. He goes, I don't know. <laughs> okay. And I just let it roll like that. But it's funny because he's picking things up from some of the older kids at school. And I'm like, oh, no, what comes next? How do I manage this? But you know what? I say the fact that he's saying these things is a great way to manage it. Like just it's an opening for a conversation, you know, and just it's just an opportunity to start it going. Because when you bring it up, they'll be like, no, but if they bring it up, awesome. Yeah. And you could always say, mommy is a sexy lady. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because you are. You're a sexy lady. All right. No no shame in that. I'll ask you guys all my hard questions about parenting. Absolutely. (laughs) Remember, I only have a dog and plants. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Okay. So here's a question for you. I wrote a blog that said, Do women think about food the way men think about sex? Curious your thoughts on that. Do women think about food the way men think about sex? Gosh, I don't know. Is it constantly? I I don't don't constantly think about food. I don't constantly think about food. So a lot, I did write a book called Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. So I do work with many people who think about food a lot and speak with people who think about food a lot. And it's really super interesting because I've discussed this issue with people. And for many women, the pleasure signals have gotten crisscrossed. And instead of thinking about sex, they're thinking about food. Mm-hmm. And for many women, it's all day long, like men are thinking about sex all day long. So if you are a person out there who's thinking about food all day long, it's some, go read the blog. It's in Healthy Beer Radio. <laughs> and then, then we'll talk. I think about sex. And I think about food, but I think I think about them when I'm stimulated as opposed to like a, an obsessive thing. So like if I see a, a hot guy, right, or, you know, like a photo of a hot 
guy. I'm like, wow, that would be hot kind of sex thing. But, uh, you know, of course I'm married. So I'm like, I put that on the <laughs> burner. I'm like, no, come on. <laughs> you got your honey bunny at home. He's right there in the bed. He's probably naked. Just go and get him. You're like that kind of stuff. But I don't yeah. think that it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save you from this because I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna detour right now and talk to you about our little meet your meat Q and A section. Oh boy, brought to you. Yeah, meet your meat. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, this is brought to us by Butcher Box, and Butcher Box delivers thoughtfully sourced meat directly to your door. Now, it gets super confusing out there with all the labeling on meat. And I know a lot of people get really confused about the difference between organic meat and grass-fed beef. So, and we've talked about this before, but you have to hear it a million times. So, on the USDA site, it says for organic meat, it requires that animals are raised in living conditions accommodating their natural behaviors. Like they can graze around, they can eat organic food, they don't get antibiotics or hormones. But this can be super misleading because even if they're eating organic food, it doesn't mean they're eating grass. They could be eating corn or soy, and that's not what cows are supposed to eat. Now, there used to be a saying, you are what you eat, but now it's you are what, what you eat eats. And so if you want to have cows and meat and other types of meat that are really high quality and grass-fed, head on over to ButcherBox. And when you go to butcherbox.com slash HBR, like Healthy View Radio, you'll get $20 off and free bacon on your first order. So after the break, we'll be speaking with Joan Price, who is an advocate for ageless sexuality. She's the author of The Ultimate Guide to Sex After 50, How to Maintain or Regain a Spicy, Satisfying Sex Life, and a whole bunch of other books as well. At 74, Joan continues to talk out loud ah, about sex, partnered or solo, in speeches and workshops and on her Zesty blog where she's been offering sex news views and toy reviews for 13 years. We'll also be speaking with holistic wellness coach Erin Starks, who helps support women on their personal journeys to lead healthier, more fulfilling lives. Stay tuned and we will be back shortly after the break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you sick of striving for a vision of healthy that just doesn't exist? Join the club. Expert health coaches Andrea Beeman, Michelle Fenighaus, and Lisa Lutan are more than just voices on the radio. They're here to help you make real change in real life. Join their Facebook community, HealthyViewRadio.com, to ask questions, get behind the scenes, and receive early access to special offers and events. Again, you can connect at HealthyViewRadio.com. Remember to subscribe to Healthy View Radio on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
You're listening to Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus with Healthy View Radio. Do you have a question or comment for the show? Please call us right now at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email from our Voice America radio page. You'll find connections to reach any of the hosts there. Now, back to Healthy View Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the sexiest show on the airwaves. My name is Andrea Beeman, and my two sex kitten co-hosts are Lisa Lutan and Michelle Fenninghaus. And we're about to get schooled on how to have it all, a strong, healthy body and a great sex life at any age. Joining us today is Joan Price. She's the author of The Ultimate Guide to Sex After 50, which is perfect for both me and Lisa, but not necessarily Michelle. (laughs) Because she's only 20. (laughs) And Joan is going to share with us how to keep it spicy in the bedroom. Uh, All of us know how to keep it spicy in the kitchen, but we are going into the bedroom. So welcome, Joan. We're very excited to have you here with us today. I'm excited to be here. And hey, just because someone is 20 doesn't mean they can't learn something because you're all seniors in training. That's right. I like the way you're thinking. (laughs) Uh, Before we get down and dirty, we like to ask our guests a few questions to help our audience connect more intimately with you. So what did you... I love intimate connections. Oh, good. What did you eat for breakfast today, Joan? I haven't eaten breakfast today yet. I'm on Pacific time. (laughs) Oh, that's right. It's only, it's nine o'clock over there, 930. I set an alarm. I'm usually a late riser. (laughs) I had one waking me up this morning. (laughs) Okay, so then what is the number one thing you do every day that has the greatest impact on your life? I dance. That's great. I saw that on your website. You also give dancing lessons. Is that correct? I do. I do. So I'm either teaching or I'm practicing. Every day is a dance day. Oh, that's awesome. Any kind of exercise will work. Exercise gets the blood flow going, makes you feel good, gives you a sense of well-being. So I'm not saying dance is the only way, but exercise is definitely important. Yes, I agree. Um, So also the last uh, intimate question is, what is your number one guilty pleasure? Guilty pleasure? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Project Runway. (laughs) (laughs) Not what I was expecting. (laughs) I look forward to Thursday evening. Don't mess with my Thursday evening. I got to be home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's if you great. See the way I dress, you'd really be surprised, too. <laughs> Are you a fashion buff? Do you dress that? any of the concepts of Project Runway. <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't apply them? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to you in a bathrobe right now. Oh, I shouldn't have told you that. No, that's great. You're me in the sexy camisole. <laughs> no, no, bathrobes can be very sexy. They open in the front, right, all the way down. <laughs> They're soft. <laughs> yes, they're soft and comfortable. I think bathrobes are very sexy. Okay, good. Okay, so I know I was on your website and I know that you're an avid fitness buff. So does that have anything to do with how you maintain such a healthy sex life? Well, yes, of course. The, you see, I see it all as part of creative aging. That we, we can't determine how, uh, what happens to us, but we can determine what we do with it as so many people before me have said, including Maya Angelou, who oh, would have turned 90 yesterday, I understand. Mm. We, we need to commit to healthy aging. And, and that's 
true whether we're 74 as I am or 24, because if you're lucky, you'll get old. The only way to avoid aging is to die young, and who wants that? And part of that is creatively approaching our sexuality, that things change, yes, but that doesn't mean they can't be wonderfully stimulating and sizzling and nurturing and intimate. Oh, yeah. That's great. So with... um. With the dance classes, because that also keeps you active and involved in a community, um, has that helped you connect more intimately with your own body? Oh, absolutely, because body awareness is so important in dance. You're always aware of, of it's not footwork. It's the entire body. You're, you're using your core very intensely, and I do other exercise, too, that uses the core, but... That, that is a way to center ourselves and to feel that we are one with our bodies and not to get too woo-woo with you. But, um, yeah, I'll get woo-woo with you. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not only a physical exercise, it's in a way a, a spiritual exercise. Because you, for at least that hour, or in my case two hours, in an evening, you are totally in your body. That's the important thing is to be totally in your body. That's true with sex, too. So it's all one thing, I think. We, we, we tend to compartmentalize, but anything that's good for the body and good for the soul and good for the brain um, is, is all connected. So if somebody was having trouble in their um, sex life, would you recommend that they uh, take a dance class with you to start? Any kind of exercise. See, I would say, yeah, come to my dance class, but then people say, oh, I don't like to dance, I have two left feet, you know, all those things, or, or I can't physically dance. And so it doesn't matter what you do that gets you in touch with your body, that gives you some exercise, that, that promotes your physicality and makes you feel, and, and you know, it's, a part of that also is then body acceptance. Because we women are the worst with that, aren't we? We're so critical about our bodies and getting older and uh, seeing the wrinkles and the sags. And Oh, no, I don't want anyone to see me naked. No, no, yes, you do. Sure you do. (laughs) You absolutely want someone to see you naked. Not on the dance floor. I'm probably confusing (laughs) the two things, though. No, I agree with you. I, sometimes, like when I first was um, with my husband, you know, like I have this tendency to come out of the shower and I'll be like, I'm naked. <laughs> and, and he's like, what are you doing? Put your clothes back on. <laughs> and I, I like being naked. I like, I like the human body a lot. I think it's a, yeah. a great place to live. It is a great place to live. Yeah, that's a wonderful attitude. I love it. Um, I know that you were inspired, you know, like the, the, I think I read that your books were inspired by your passionate love affair with your husband, Robert Rice. And I'm sorry to hear you lost your sweetheart. Um, Thank you. you, Yeah. Have you been dating since he passed? I have, but I want to say something about Robert before we leave that. I met him on the dance floor, as long as we're talking about dancing. I met him in my very own line dance class. He came in looking for a new place to dance. He'd recently moved to the area. And uh, I just, I fell in lust immediately. I looked at him and I went, oh my God. And I kept losing my place in the dance I was teaching. And I was a mess. I felt (laughs) like my hormones had become adolescent again. (laughs) That's a good sign. Yes, a very good sign. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, but that wasn't your question. Your question was, have I started dating again? Yes. Yes. I, I lost Robert almost 10 years ago. And I tried to date several times before I actually succeeded at it. By trying, I mean I would make a date and, and then have a, a really unfulfilling, un, uh, boring time and think, oh, I can't do this and go want to run under the covers or eat dark chocolate, um, and, or both, <laughs> or eat dark chocolate <laughs> under the covers. And it was a, a while, you know, we never know when we're ready, and any of your listeners who are, are, are in grief or have experienced the loss of a loved one will know that you, you just, our timetables are always different. We can't, no one can tell us when we're ready. No one can tell us when we're not ready. But, and we sometimes have trouble knowing it ourselves. So it's just get out there, try, uh, learn from it, see what you can learn from it, and, and then try it again. I do a workshop now, which I've also recorded as a webinar, called How the Heck Do I Date at This Age? Where I talk about how we meet people, how, to, how just to do this stuff that for many of us, we, we haven't done for decades. Yeah, it can be tough. And in any age, you know, whether you're in your 20s or teens or 30s or 40s or 50s, dating can be tough. So it's well, that's good. But if you think of someone who's in their 50s, 60s and 70s, and maybe the last time they dated was when they were in college. And, and it's a different world out there. You can't, you don't meet people the way you did then. You don't, you don't find others age appropriate singles the way we did then. And because of online dating, it's a whole different way of figuring out who's out there, who's interested in dating, who they are. You can't just um, go to class and assume that half the people there might be interested in you. There's no class to go to like that. Mm. And then are there any rules associated with dating and sex as you age? Because I remember when I was dating, there was this three-date rule. This, <laughs> girls remember that? <laughs> You're like, you don't have sex until the third date. But I wouldn't even have sex in, you know, until like the third month. <laughs> <laughs> the third month. <laughs> okay. Well, we move a little faster now at our age because <laughs> we don't know if we're going to have too many third months. So, <laughs> Good point. so is it the third date then? Well, we don't. Or the third hour. I don't, I don't know. Some people may have a rule like that. I don't have a rule like that. I don't incur. The only rule that I say absolutely is to be prepared to use safer sex and to use it every time with everyone. Not to uh, say, well, I wonder if I. No, just have the barrier protection available and use it. That's very smart. Um, your latest book addresses both male and female issues around sex. What is the number one issue that women have with sex as they age? Uh, the number one issue is that they say they don't respond the way they used to, and they think it maybe it's, does that mean it's over? In other words, they either don't get aroused easily, they don't reach orgasm easily, or they aren't attracted to the same kind of person they were before, which is tough if they're married to that person, or, they're, um, or they just need more stimulation than they're getting, 
and they're they're unhappy, or they may say be saying to me, uh, "I don't have the sex drive I used to, so I'm waiting till I'm in the mood, and I'm never in the mood, and it's been months since I've had sex, or years since I've had sex." So all of that together, I put under the umbrella term, the old ways don't work the way they used to anymore. Hmm. And for so, each of those issues, there I have advice, but one piece of advice that's, oh, I don't know how I, I thought I could do it in one piece of advice. I'll try, though. One piece <laughs> of advice is to explore what does work for you now, not to say I should be able to do it this way. I should be able to have uh, an orgasm through intercourse. Well, most women don't. Most women don't. So don't put any shoulds on yourself. What does work for you now? And very often adding a vibrator into your sex life, whether it's partnered or, or solo, is going to be your answer. Another thing that might help is to realize that during the day, we have, well, I call it a tingle time. We have a certain time during the day when we're most responsive. And we may not be aware of that at all, that tingle time. But it's a time that you can be aroused more easily than other times. You sort of have that little shiver going on of, huh, that would be sort of fun to have sex right now. If we're aware of when that, quote, tingle time, unquote, happens, and we plan our sex, whether it's solo or partnered, for that time, we'll be more likely to have an easier time getting aroused and reaching orgasm. And that's something most people don't know. That's great advice. I'm a morning tingle girl. There we go. <laughs> yes. And so you don't want to be having a romantic dinner and expect sex to be great after that. No, You're the blood correct. flow is going to your digestive system, not to your genitals. <laughs> I think that romantic dinner with sex afterwards is a little crazy at our age. I don't know if it works at the younger age, but it sure doesn't work now. No, it doesn't work at any age. You have a better (laughs) appetite anyway. Yeah, I agree because you're full. You're not, you know, maybe bloated. You may be burping all over the place. I mean, who wants to have sex with all that going on? Better to watch more than that. It's the our blood flow. We need to. Oh, hold on, I'm tripping over my words here. The reason exercise helps is it increases the blood flow, and that means it increases the blood flow to the genitals. And so we're more apt to be able to get engorged, whichever genital we happen to have, and to be aroused and reach orgasm. On the other hand, if we've just eaten, that blood flow is going to the digestive system. There isn't enough left over for the genitals. So it's... It's really hurting us if we're thinking, okay, I'm going to have a romantic dinner and then we'll go to bed. And besides, we get tired more easily and we may say, oh, okay, I'm full. I'm going to go to sleep. Wake me in the morning. And the wake me in the morning is much better. So exercise first, then have sex, then eat. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, I, I think the, uh, an idea for a romantic date would be to hit. To, to, take a um, dance class instead of <laughs> going to dinner. would. Yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, also I have, what would be the number one issue that men have with sex? Um, men are very concerned about their erections. And it may be that they have what Michael Castleman, who is a 
sex therapist calls erectile dissatisfaction. It's different from erectile dysfunction. And I'll explain the difference because it's, it's really important. Erectile dysfunction means you are not getting an erection at all. Not in the morning, not with um, self-pleasuring, not at all. Erectile dissatisfaction, however, means that the erections may not be as hard, not be as quick, might not be as dependable. They come and go. So you might have an erection and then, then while you're having sex, it might just go away, come back, go away. So that is an erectile dissatisfaction. That part of it is a normal part of aging. However, erectile dysfunction is not a normal part of aging. So it is very important if there is erectile dysfunction to see a doctor, get some tests run. It can be an early sign of heart disease, of diabetes, of a neurological issue. So it's not just normal aging. Then if instead it's not true erectile dysfunction, just that the erections are not dependable, take your mind off the erections. I do another webinar called Great Sex Without Penetration. It's actually my most popular webinar. It explains all the different ways that you can have a wonderfully enriching sex life without penetration, for whatever reason that penetration is off the table, or you just want to de-emphasize it. Because we have... Jonah, I got to cut you off. I'm sorry. Just when we're about to penetrate into this conversation, (laughs) I got to wrap you up, but I would love for people to find out where to find you and your book and your webinars and your dance classes. If you could wrap that up and tell people where they can find you, it would be great. JoanPrice.com will get you everywhere. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today. You're great. Thank you. Ageless Wisdom. So I would also like to thank our sponsor, Giovanni Cosmetics, for creating awesome Echo Chic Hair products for healthy, happy, and sexy hair. You can get a $2 coupon at GiovanniCosmetics.com forward slash HVR. Giovanni can be found at Sprouts, Kroger, or Whole Foods. And coming up after the break, we have holistic wellness coach Erin Starks. She supports women on their personal journey to lead healthier, more fulfilling lives through her wellness practice the soul connected mama so don't go away we got a lot more fun stuff coming up and don't forget to go visit uh, joanprice.com to get all your sex needs met thank you helping you make informed decisions for your life this is voice america health and wellness Are you sick of striving for a vision of healthy that just doesn't exist? Join the club. Expert health coaches Andrea Beeman, Michelle Fenighouse, and Lisa Lutan are more than just voices on the radio. They're here to help you make real change in real life. Join their Facebook community, HealthyViewRadio.com, to ask questions, get behind the scenes, and receive early access to special offers and events. Again, you can connect at HealthyViewRadio.com. Remember to subscribe to Healthy View Radio on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired, and contemplative thought, showcasing experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Your host, Winifred Adams, will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter. We want to hear from you. 
Be sure to tune in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fennighaus with Healthy View Radio. Do you have a question or comment for the show? Please call us right now at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email from our Voice America radio page. You'll find connections to reach any of the hosts there. Now, back to Healthy View Radio. Welcome back to Healthy View Radio. Today we've been talking about healthy sex lives, but quickly I want to shift gears and talk about another very important function of the human body with a big old thank you to our sponsor, Squatty Potty. If you guys haven't tried Squatty Potty, you can head over to squattypotty.com slash HVR and save 10% on a stool for your stool. That's right, folks. The human body needs to poop. And if you aren't going comfortably at least once a day... I highly recommend that you give Squatty Potty a try. I've got one. My stepdad has one. He loves it. My aunt and uncle have been using one for years, ever since Squatty Potty was on Shark Tank. It is like I got a- one. I got one. I got, one. I got four. <laughs> Lisa has one in every room of her house, I remember. <laughs> so head on over to squattypotty.com slash HBR, and you can save 10%. So I was thinking about it and moms of little kids like me, maybe the least sexy feeling people on the planet. And since we've been talking about sex, I want to ask our next guest about this topic. Holistic wellness coach Erin Starks has helped support women on their personal journeys to lead healthier, more fulfilling lives through her wellness practice, the Soul Connected Mama. As a self-described mama whisperer, Erin leverages her experiences as a mama of five, yes, five, to develop Holistic wellness programs for moms who are interested in developing soul-nourishing practices that add value to their lives and help them parent from a more spiritually connected place. As a crystal Reiki master, Erin develops energetic protocols for her clients that address their unique areas of need and uses crystals to enhance her work. You can also find Erin developing new products for her vegan beauty care line, Mia Organics, reading books on spiritual awareness or shopping for crystals at her favorite metaphysical stores in Atlanta. Erin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So glad to be so, here. We're so happy to have you. And earlier we were talking about sex. So I have to ask, do you have a crystal <laughs> protocol to help moms feel sexy again? Um, yes, actually. Um, for me, I use a lot of crystals in my work with moms, sort of depending, and there are actually specific crystals and energetic practices that you can do Reiki to clear any sort of energetic blocks that you have that might keep you from feeling sexy sometimes, just depending upon um, where you kind of may not be feeling it in in the body. There are ways through Reiki, through the use of crystals, to actually clear those energy blocks and get you feeling sexy again. 
Hey, that is doing a great service to many moms around the country. <laughs> I would like to know more about that, maybe after off the air. And yeah, I'm definitely. wondering, <laughs> aside from a low libido, um, what problems do moms tend to come with come to you with, and what results do they see working with you? Um, so moms come to me for a lot of different reasons. Um, sometimes when you think of just like health coach, you think that it's only related to nutrition, but, um, most of it is, I I would probably say the number one thing is like a lack of energy. I call it like spreading themselves too thin. And so a lot of the times, by the time they come to see me, it's like, I'm in crisis. I really, really need help. What do you have or what type of services do you offer to help? And so that's why I use really a multifaceted approach to wellness. That's the use of Reiki, um, crystal Reiki. I am in the throes of yoga teacher training right now here in Atlanta. I'll graduate in three weeks, which I'm super excited about. Um, But I also do nutritional counseling and offer nutritional support as well. So really uh, lots of different tools in my toolbox to help support my clients. So I imagine a lot of moms are coming to you because they want to lose weight. Is that the number one complaint they have? It is. And I personally, when people find out, A, that I'm a mom of five, (laughs) but B, that I've also personally lost over 140 pounds, it's literally like, how did you do that? And how did you do that with five children? And so I really work with my clients to to integrate just sort of these small daily habits that can pay off in a big, big way. Oh, we'd love to hear about some of those habits. Can you give us two or three? Sure. Um, what, my first one, I probably, it's not related to nutrition. People are like, what? That's kind of weird. But I always like suggest that my clients find a time each day to like sit in silence. So some people call that meditation. Some people call it just relaxing. But for me, as a mom of five who works full time, I have my coaching practice um, that I devote a lot of my energy to as well. there's lots of noise around me all day, every single day. And so for me, one of the biggest shifts that I had to make was really carving out time each day for me to just sit in silence and do absolutely nothing. That was a game changer for me. And I always say to my moms, if in a 24-hour day you can't find 10 to 15 minutes or more um, to sit in silence, you really need to take a look at your schedule and figure out what you can say no to. Because I think the number one thing is, is that you have to begin to make yourself a priority, which is hard to do when you're a mama. Sure is. All right. I like it. Sit in silence. Check. What else do you got for us? <laughs> um, the other thing for me was, uh, this is kind of the number one tip, is that stop chasing perfection and actually embrace like the messiness of mamahood. Um, I really struggled with that as well. I wanted everything to be perfect. Every meal had to be perfect. Everything had to be organized. Um, my grocery list had to be perfect. And so I, I really suffered as a result of that. And so when I started embracing sort of the messiness of it, coming home, not having a meal plan and trying to figure out what am I going to get on the table in 20 minutes for five kids and a husband, I began to find sort of the fun in that. 
Um, and I just said, hey, my life isn't perfect. Mamahood is not perfect. And the moment that I let go of what society would consider like a perfect mom, it really helped to shift the way that I approached all aspects of my life, but especially my self-care. Well, that sounds very important. Now, how many children did you have before you came to this realization? <laughs> Let me see. Hmm, at what point? Um, I would definitely say it was probably after my fourth child. Um, I had a life-changing experience of being diagnosed with kidney disease, which is something that um, my doctors felt like was directly related to the weight, the excess weight that I was carrying. And it was really scary for me to be a young mom um, you know, I had a husband, I had four children, and there I was being diagnosed with something that I knew would change my life. And so there had to be sort of a radical shift, not just in the way that I nourished my body, but just in my own self-care routine um, as a whole. I had to start making myself a priority. It took me four kids to get there, but I'm glad I did because I'm in so much I'm in a better place today, and I'm definitely in a much healthier place today than I was back then. Wow. So at that point, after having four children, is that's when you lost the 140 pounds? I did. It's been sort of a gradual process. After child number four, I lost some, and then after child number five, I have a 16-month-old um, named Jace. And so after Jace was when the bulk of the weight I was able to lose. That's amazing. You know, I have to say, I feel like moms I know who have four or five, six kids are some of the more balanced mothers out there. And those of us with one, two, we're still trying to be perfect all the time. So you, you're teaching a good lesson. To <laughs> well, I hope so. I have friends that actually share that same sentiment with me. So that is a familiar sentiment that I hear expressed quite a bit. <laughs> or the other thing they say, after three, it all just becomes white noise. I seriously say like the hardest transition for me was going from one to two kids because you have to learn how to handle multiple people. But after two, it's like, okay, it's, it's fine. I got it. Well, I thought zero to one was the hardest. (laughs) For me, it wasn't that much of a shock, even though I was a young mom, it wasn't that much of a shock. Like, I was I always had such a maternal instinct. I definitely say for me, I remember just lots of tears in the corner on the floor when I made that transition from one to two because I had to learn how to handle you know more than one person. Familiar, I'm familiar with that location on the floor. So, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today, Erin. And please tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and your business. Absolutely. Um, you can find me on social media at Soul Connect Mama on Twitter, um, on Instagram, Soul Connected Mama 17, and my website, www.soulconnectedmama.com. Excellent. Soul Connected Mama, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thanks so much for being here. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. You as well. So ladies, today we have talked about sex. We have talked about motherhood. What have been your big takeaways from our show? So I think that both Joan and Erin said something that really resonated for me is give up the perfectionism, embrace the messiness of whether it's sex or motherhood or life, and just kind of have fun with it all and stop putting this pressure to be perfect. And I think that that's really great wisdom from both of these two really inspirational women today. Yeah, I loved our guest today. I mean, I love our guests every week, but 
oh my gosh, I love them both. You know, like uh, Tingle Time, I'm never going to forget that from Joan. <laughs> never going to forget it. You know, and I love that she talked about dancing and get moving and how it not only helps you get more intimate with your own body, but it helps your brain, it helps your heart, it helps your sex life, it helps everything. So she's 74, she's still moving, she's still shaking, she's still doing the dance classes. That is inspirational. And Erin, five kids, my gosh, Lord have mercy. And within that, she made the discovery that you have to make yourself the number one priority, right? Whether it's um, sitting to meditate, getting, and again, like dance is getting to know yourself, but meditation is getting to know yourself as well, right? You get to know the physical you and you get to know the emotional and the spiritual you. So, I mean, both of our guests were just wonderful today. I agree with you. And you know, we had that question over on Facebook. I wanted to make sure we got to that. Margaret asked about herbs that would help get the engine running a little bit more now that she's a little bit older than her partner. So Andrea, I bet you had some ideas about this. The first thing that came to mind for me was maca. What do you think? Oh, I think maca is great. And maca is, you know, it's a root. It's actually a member of the um, cruciferous vegetable family. It's rich in iodine. Um, but uh, it, it helps to stimulate the endocrine system, but also ginseng. It's a classic to get your engine running again because it gives you internal energy. And one of the reasons why people don't want sex is because they're exhausted, mm -hmm. right? They're wiped out. Just like what Aaron said, they're, they're wiped out. So ginseng, ashwagandha, any of the adaptogenic herbs that are going to nurse the endocrine system, put those into your diet. Excellent. Thank you for that. And I want to take a moment and thank Lynn, who wrote us an iTunes review. She said, the Healthy View is a fun way to listen and explore all the varieties of healthy topics. I could listen to Andrea Beeman giggle all day. I've followed Lisa and Andrea for several years. Michelle is chopped liver, apparently. <laughs> I really enjoy and appreciate how they cover the important issues we face with our health and our lives. And I'm loving the discounts they offer their viewers. Can't wait to catch up on all the podcasts that I've missed. So thank Lynn, thank you so much for writing that for us. For anyone Thanks, else who would Lynn. like to leave us a review, you can do so at healthyviewradio.com slash review. And maybe, just maybe, we'll read your review live on the air next week. And then we'll have a dance party at your house. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. That would be a so good fun. contest to run. Oh, God. <laughs> Anytime, any place. Let's do it. Sounds Woo! good. Take care, everybody. We will be broadcasting again next Thursday at healthyviewradio.com. But you can always find us on iTunes and on YouTube. Just search for Healthy View Radio. We'll see you again next week. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Healthy View Radio. Please join Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fennighaus again for another fun and insightful edition of our show. We're live again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. See you soon.